Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. About a week and a half ago, I talked about that in our new covenant with Jesus, you know, old covenant, you'd come to the temple and you would bring an offering to the Lord. You'd bring a, a sheep or, it was a rough time to be a sheep back then, just so you know. Like, if you were a great looking sheep, like you were like the, the cream of the crop sheep, you were like, you're gonna go, okay? I want, you had one year to look good and then you were done. And they would bring offerings and, and God would use that as one to atone for sin before Jesus, the spotless lamb, that's why the Bible calls him the spotless lamb, um, came and was the pure sacrifice that could hold the atonement for everything, past, present, and future in our life. Jesus came and paid that price, so we don't do that anymore. But we still bring offerings to the Lord, and our offerings are offerings of praise. And that's why you'll find here, you know, I love watching the progression of people that are new to either church at all. Like, I loved watching Rainy. I've loved watching your journey, man. You were so hungry. Okay, watch this space. It's not about where you start when you come into the house of God, but it is definitely about how willing you're like God to do what he wants to do and how quickly you're willing to let him do. And I've seen very few people, I mean this sincerely, right? I've seen very few people walk into the house. I've seen people that have been in church their whole life that are nowhere near the level of letting God do what he's done in you in the last nine months. So keep on that and watch what God's gonna do. It's gonna be amazing, man. So proud of you. Come on. All right. So the title of my message, it's going to make sense. It will. But we're going to jump around a few scriptures. Keep notes. Take notes. You're going to want to come back to this. Title of my message is The Watchman of the Heart. Did they get that? Yeah, let's go. All right. The Watchman of the Heart. About two months ago, I just got trapped in Ezekiel 33. It's just kind of reading my Bible. I was actually at the Riders' Cup. Shout out to our golfers here. We, we won again. Thank you, Jesus. We take everything serious at Awaken, all right? We're, we're, we're all a big family, but just like family game night, it gets competitive between campuses. And so the North Campuses won, and, and our SLT, SLC team that went dominated. Good job, BJ. But I was actually at this when I read this scripture and the Holy Spirit said, this is important, and I said, okay, because that doesn't make any sense to me. And for two months, I've been waiting. I've had it in my notes. You got to preach on Ezekiel 33. And I'm like, God, when? Because I don't understand what you want to get out of this. And then finally, my Connell came through, and finally, everything has just been pieced together. And so this message, I, I'm excited about it, but Jesus helped me get through. All right, here we go. Ezekiel 33, verses three through six. I'm just gonna read the whole thing. It's gonna make sense in a minute. You guys got that? When the watchman sees the enemy coming, he sounds the alarm. Look at your neighbor and say, sound the alarm. Sounds the alarm to warn the people. You guys are really good at, I love that, great job. Then, in the, then if those who, who hear the alarm refuse to take action, look at your neighbor say, refuse to take action. It's their own fault if they die. Oh, heavy. Wow, we're going heavy. This is Old Testament, okay? It's OG. They heard the alarm but ignored it. So the responsibility is theirs. If they had listened to the warning, they would have saved their lives. Now, next one. But if the watchman sees the enemy coming and doesn't sound the alarm to warn the people, he's responsible for their captivity. They will die in their sins. Both scenarios kind of suck. They both are like, and you died, okay? <laughs> he is responsible for the captivity. They will die in their sins, but I will hold the watchman responsible for their deaths. I know. And God's like, you got, this is important. And I'm like, okay, well, it's heavy, God, and I, and I got to understand. Now, we're going to, I want to go to Psalms 127, verse 1 real quick, okay? 
Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Okay? Understand that when you're reading your Old Testament, God never intended us to throw out the Old Testament when Jesus came and then Paul and the rest of the apostles write the New Testament. The Old Testament was prophesying and setting the foundation for us to see what this new covenant with Jesus. Now, covenant is a relationship. It's an, it's an agreement and, and both sides commit to it. That's what, what marriage was meant to be. It's not a piece of paper. It's not a piece of paper. We got a whole generation that haven't been shown the power of covenant and they think that marriage is just a piece of paper. But it's not. It's a covenant relationship. There, there, is a, there is a saying, look, when you make those vows, you're saying unequivocally, my promise is to hold my end of this. And you say, for richer or poor, for sickness and health, you're saying, unless death separates this, I'm all in. And so God made a covenant with his son with his own blood, Jesus, with us. We, we step into a covenant. The Old Testament shows us what the covenant means in the New Testament, okay? And that's why you don't throw out. And the Bible also says that in this new covenant, we don't war against flesh and blood, but we war against spirits, principalities, and the dark powers. So there's often a physical element here, David and Goliath, okay? And probably most of you have not had to pull out a slingshot and take down a literal giant in your Christian walk, correct? But we'll use that in Christian terms as a spiritual saying. And so maybe your Goliath isn't a 10 foot tall human, but your Goliath is that bar down the street. Or your Goliath is the search engine on your internet browser that you can't seem to you got, it's always deleted. There's no saving because you got to keep that thing clean. You know what I'm talking about, okay? Uh, we have spiritual Goliaths, but we learn the principle from physical battles. So that will help you as you read your Bible, that when you read about the watchman here, there's going to be a spiritual aspect to this. So why I read uh, Psalms 127, verse 1. Here's what I want to tell you first and foremost. None of what I'm about to preach is helpful to you if you don't have Jesus in your life. This is not a TED talk where I give you five steps to financial freedom and all that, okay? God does bless his children for following his ways. But if you don't have Jesus at the center of your life, whatever you try to build on this message, whatever principle you try to take and apply, see, you don't have any spiritual authority to fight the enemy in your own strength. Jesus gives it to you because you're in alignment with his kingdom and you get his authority. So then you can say, hey, you know, the, the soul tie I have, which is an open door where you've actually bonded your soul and your spirit with another human, if you would have, somebody would have took an action to have that happen. In your own strength, you're stuck there. But with Jesus, the blood of Jesus is a stronger covenant and it breaks the legal agreement that, that the enemy has in your life. So I just say that to say, if you haven't settled who Jesus is, stay tuned, enjoy, enjoy it here. But that is the most pivotal question in your whole life. That is the most pivotal question you will ever have in your life is who is Jesus, okay? But if you got Jesus, then the watchman is important. That's what Psalms 127 said right there. It says, if you don't have Jesus, the watchman's pointless, but the watchman is important. Now, let me break down what a watchman is, okay? In the Hebrew, yep, that's right. I looked at the Hebrew, really cool, okay? <laughs> It's a lookout, a spy, a keep watch. It means, literally the word also can mean to lean forward, peer into the distance, and look up. Okay? So going back to when the watchman sees the enemy coming, Ezekiel 33. The watchman is actually you looking after your own spiritual health. In, in this covenant, you are responsible for partnering with the Holy Spirit to let God develop your spiritual, emotional, and physical health. Because God made you in a trinity, mind, body, spirit, okay? And they flow together. 
They flow together. If your spirit's not healthy, you're gonna see that your body seems to be falling apart and, and your, your mind isn't stable. They, we, we work in, in the three and God wants to actually usher in health. And you're like, okay, well, are you just saying that or is it in the Bible? Glad you asked. Let's go to Proverbs 4, 20 through 23. Proverbs 4, 20 through 23. There we go. My child, never mind. My child. Pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart for they bring life to those who find them and healing to the whole body, mind, body, spirit. Guard, a watchman is a guard. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Your job as a Christian is to guard your heart. Be the watchman of your own heart. Now, I'm gonna explain to you how we do this because religion will mess the thing up. It was weird. I thought I heard the keys for a minute. I'm like, oh man, okay, I got so much time. (laughs) Come on. We wanna guard our heart because that is the place where we get bound up. That is the place where uh, everything in the life, go back to verse 23 for me, guys. Psalms 423. I got it right here. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. See, so many Christians, they wanna know, God, what's your plan for me? How are you gonna get me there? And they're pursuing, trying to make the thing happen when God says, hey, I've got the course figured out, but I need you to guard your heart. I need you to protect your heart. And uh, so now we're gonna go back to Ezekiel 33. Because there's two, God set up this in our world for a reason. I wanna explain, when it talks about sending out the warning, did you know God built in an internal warning system in your body to tell you when something's not in alignment with his kingdom? And it's called emotions. (laughs) Emotions. Emotions are what, how God can speak to you. Now, where people make mistakes is they let their emotions control them. That's why God's trying to lift and elevate your life above your emotions, not to not feel them, but to then, like a watchman in a tower, instead, see the definition of watchman, if you, and when they wrote this, this made sense, because every big city had a, a wall, and then they would put a tower on the wall, and the watchman would be at a high point. They'd be elevated. Why? Because you can see further. God actually gives us emotions, but he also gives us, with the help of the Holy Spirit, the power to not be dictated by our emotions, but to rise above and look at them and be able to see, hmm, the enemy might have a foothold here. Let me give you an example. Anger. You know, the Bible says, don't go to sleep in your anger lest you sin. Anger is not always a sin. In fact, it's a warning light. So you all have dashboard on your car, right? And just so some of you know, the the yellow light that has like two pins, that's a check engine light. It means that it's not like just a light that turns on randomly and stays on for no reason. It means that your engine wants you to check on something. Okay, there's also this little thing called the oil light. And it's telling you, if you see that light, it said you need to stop the car because you don't have oil in the car and the thing is really close to overheating and exploding, right? So we have, this, we have these warning signals in our life of emotions. When something triggers you, gets you angry, gets you upset, you feel fear, God's given you those so you can be the watchman and you say, wait a minute, God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but I feel fear. What is out of alignment with God's kingdom. Where has the enemy tried to creep in? And so we use those emotions to sound the alarm. Now here's the mistake Christians make. Okay, we're gonna go back to Ezekiel 33. So verse three says, the watchman sees the enemy coming and sounds the alarm. Once again, those are the emotions. And he warns the people, if those, this is verse four, if those who hear the alarm refuse to take action, So you can be dictated by emotions or you can step back with the Holy Spirit and begin to walk, why do I have that emotion? Why, why? because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, right? 
So emotion comes that doesn't line up with the fruit of the spirit is meant to be like the watchman, warning, warning. Something's going on in your world that, that is out of alignment with God's kingdom. And if you take action, what is the take actions? It's then letting the Holy Spirit come in and communicate with you, where's the root? Where's the enemy working in your life? Does that make sense? Okay, so we, want, we don't wanna be a victim to our emotions or let our emotions boss us around. We wanna take action. But likewise, so that scripture also says that if the watchman says nothing. So here's where I wanna create pairs. There's two ways you will get in trouble as a Christian. One is you're controlled by your emotions, which is like the watchman yelling, but no action's taken. The proper action is to say, hold up, the enemy's doing something right now. I'm going to figure out where he's operating and allow God to bring healing, okay? That's taking action. But the other thing Christians do, is they, instead of being controlled by their emotions, is they somehow think it's holy to never have emotions. And that is not how God intended you to do either. That's the watchman never giving sound. Well, you know what I'm talking about where somebody hurts you, but, and I'm notorious at this. I want you to know in, our, in me and my wife's marriage, she's the, she would have the tendency to be the watchman that definitely yells and says something's going on bad. And I would be the one who just suppresses and ignores the fact that I've been wounded, let down, disappointed. And you'll find those people usually attract to each other. So often in a marriage, you're gonna see, you know, my go-to when somebody does something that is hurtful is just to pretend it didn't happen. Just, you know, move on, move on with my day. And I'll say Christianese things like, oh, they're human, I forgive them. But I know deep down inside, man, that hurt. That stung. I have emotions. I'm just doing everything I can to suppress them. Okay, and there's other people that, you know, somebody triggers you. And what happens for the next 24 hours after that is not your fault. <laughs> At all. Full permission to feel what you want to feel, to post what you want to post, to block what, who you're going to block, to call who you're going to call, to talk about who, you're, who, you're, who the person is, to every friend. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Come on, I'm keeping it real. We have a tendency. Both are the watchmen not doing the right thing. Both are our emotions not being placed in their proper place. You say, why? He said we're talking about freedom. Why emotions? Because they, if you can learn as a Christian, whether you side on the camp of, I just don't, I don't say anything, the watchman stays quiet, or you side on the camp of the watchman says a lot, but nobody actually takes any action, whatever camp you come from, both are not letting the watchman of your heart do its proper thing. Ab beloved, above all else, Guard your heart. So now let's talk about what healthy is, okay? What healthy is. And that's why God will also, just so you know, side note, marriages. Okay, let's go back to marriages. If, you're, if you have a spouse that's the opposite and this and that, you know where is actually helpful? If you realize, you know, we could sharpen each other. Because the suppressor is, has gotten to the place where they don't have to fully succumb to their emotions, but they've gone unhealthy that they don't feel them anymore. But, and then the person that is a feeler that can't control their emotions is in touch with their feelings. And so you guys can come together and help each other. My wife's really good about, you need to say how you feel. I'm like, I feel hungry. <laughs> no, what, how does hunger make you feel? Well, I guess I'm a little kind of angry. Why are you angry? Because well, I'm hungry, no, anyways. But, <laughs> but you can help each other. You can help each other. And can I tell you why? Lord, help me with this part. I want to connect the dots perfectly here. I have three points. So you'll have this first layer of emotions, okay? Sadness, happiness, whatever. You have all these range of emotions. Emotions, see what religion does is it suppresses emotions. It tells you emotions are sin. No, emotions are the are the indicator lights that you need to go a level deeper, a level deeper. I wanna read 1 Corinthians 13. This chapter gets a bum rap because it's only read at weddings, but the bottom part is so important. Check this out. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put 
I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now I see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then, he's talking about when we get to heaven, we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. So he's talking about a relationship with God that we're growing up. Now this is so important. And these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Why does Paul, after talking about growing up into your Christian walk and becoming a mature follower of Jesus, say that there's only three things that remain, faith, hope, and love. That's a very bold statement. And you know, it sounds pretty, so we put it on Hallmark cards and whatnot, but, but he's talking about these are the core of what healthy walk with Jesus is filled with. Faith, hope, and love. When you are fully matured in your relationship with Jesus, which he's kind of trying to make clear the verse before, it's an ongoing process. It will be your whole life. In heaven's when we'll see in clear. We'll, we'll see the full thing. We'll understand how much we're loved, how much we're known. But our pursuit while we're here on earth relationally is to keep understanding what it means to be a son and a daughter of God and to understand. And as you do that, you will see more faith come into your life, more hope come into your life, and more love come into your life. Those are the things that are of the kingdom. Those are the things that God is trying to protect when he says, beloved, above all else, guard your heart. What you're guarding it to make sure is safe and protected in that heart is, do you have faith? Do you have hope? And do you have love? And this next part I'm taking from Mike Connell because I, he, he operates in freedom. And I've noticed a trend because I watch a lot of his stuff that almost everything that comes to bondage, meaning the, de that the demonic realm has some level of influence, that people are getting attacked by the enemy, you will find that the enemy has to pull away one of those three things, faith, hope, and love. So you'll find that the enemy will try to get you in what's the opposite of faith? Fear. You know the number one command in the Bible that's repeated more than any other command? Fear not. That is the number one command in the Bible. Fear is a really big deal, okay? And whenever God talks about what pleases him, he always brings up, I like faith. Now the funny thing is fear and faith use the same muscle to, to plan. They just have a different expectation of where the plan goes, right? So, but you have fear is the opposite of faith. You have disappointment is the opposite of hope. And you have offense being the opposite of love. Now, there's other words you can use to explain those three, but if we were to narrow it down, those three are core parts. So what I'm trying to get you to see is that the emotions will tell you where something in your heart is getting violated out of faith, hope, and love and getting shifted into fear, disappointment, or offense. And those things, if left unchecked, produce a harvest we do not want. We do not want. So when the, when, whenever our emotions, whenever our emotions get triggered, here's what healthy looks like. The Bible calls the Holy Spirit in John 16, says he's your counselor. Anyone ever been to counseling? I've been to counseling. Don't be embarrassed, you should go to counseling. Honestly, you, you go, you know, you go get a checkup. I would, anyways, counseling is very good. Me and my wife have been to counseling and, and I believe in even keeping a check in there. Okay, but you'll find that what a counselor, primary thing they try to get you do is they try to get you talking. They try to get you sharing. They try to get you to connect with what's going on on a deeper level. But if we're suppressing our emotion, or if we're being controlled by our emotion, then the emotion becomes everything over here and you think the emotion's the problem and over here you're not feeling anything because you've turned off. By the way, if you turn off being able to feel negative things, you've also turned off your ability to feel positive things. That's why if you, never, if you make a vow, I'll never be hurt again, it also means you'll never feel loved again. Okay, so that's why the enemy wants to shut you down. Hebrews 10.38 says this. Now the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 10, 38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Wow. Why does the devil want to get you into either fear, 
disappointment or offense because you'll find that the first thing that'll happen is you will begin to draw back because all three, all three will get you in a place of I need to protect myself instead of I'm gonna go after what God has for me. If you're afraid, you'll be hesitant. You'll, you'll draw back. Oh, I've been here before. Oh, I'm not going to a connect group this time. I remember last time, those people were mean to me. I'm, not, I'm definitely not, you know, I'll come to church because I want to feel some level, but I'm not going to serve because you know, I'm afraid that, you know, last time I said yes to too many things and I got burned out. Whatever it is, fear causes a drawback. But when you draw back, see, this kingdom that we're a part of, this kingdom of God we're a part of, it says that the violent take it by force. The, the, God meant for us not to play defense with the devil. He said the gates of hell shall not prevail over a Christian. So gates are a defensive weapon. You are meant to charge and, and run at whatever comes against you. But if we're fearful, we draw back. We draw back. Here's what, uh, point number one, fear. The definition, to be afraid of someone or something as likely to be dangerous, painful, or threatening. Dangerous, painful, or threatening. If you've been hurt before, trying to do what God had you do, and you've allowed, instead of letting the Holy Spirit bring healing to the situation, to free and release you, what you'll do is you'll say, I'll never be in that place again because it felt threatening, it felt painful, it felt dangerous. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? And so what you do is you step back into a prison. It's funny, I have this picture of like, God called you to knock over the gates, but when Christians step back, it's like we step right into the gates. What we were meant to knock over, we stay bound in. And so what God wants to do tonight and what we're gonna pray over is we're gonna break the power of fear over your life. Okay, how do you do that? You gotta go back to the thing that caused pain, that was scary, that was threatening. You've gotta go back to that thing for a minute and you've gotta allow God to speak his truth. Okay, a bad situation, a bad, somebody did a bad thing, God doesn't want that to control the rest of your life. God doesn't want that to hold you down. Okay, so we're gonna break fear off of people today. Disappointment, this one is a good one. The definition of disappointment. Sadness or displeasure caused by non-fulfillment of one's hopes and expectations. See, what the enemy will tell you is that if you get disappointed, do the suppressing thing, like, oh, whatever, I'll just ignore it. And, but time, the whole phrase, time heals all things, no, no, no. Time does not heal all things. Time with God heals all things, but time on its own will cause a compound effect. You'll find, and the Bible says in Proverbs, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And listen, if you've been a Christian for a while, there are times where certain situations don't make sense. Man, I worked so hard to bring that friend to church, and then the message was just, did not land, and they said, oh, this place is crazy, I'm never going back. And so you get a little disappointed. Oh man, I really want them to experience what I'm experiencing. You know, or, you, or you, you make some friends here at church and you feel like, man, these are real friendships, but then things get a little tough and they bail on you. And you say, God, I thought you were gonna give me real friends or maybe you're, you're dating and you're like, you know, love being a young adult. When I was a young man, every beautiful girl, I felt the first thing I heard when I prayed was God was like, go for it. Every one of them. <laughs> because the testosterone level is so high. It's very hard to hear anything clearly when you're 19. <laughs> but you know, like, oh, she's so beautiful. God, if you don't want me to marry her, strike me with lightning now. Good, all right. <laughs> it's real talk. But you know, you think some, and that's a joke, but even then, sometimes you really do. You feel like this person, wow, we connect. Oh my gosh, they love Jesus and walks on the beach, and I love Jesus and walks on the beach. I didn't know I love walks on the beach, but because they do, I do now, you know, whatever it is. We, we begin, we, and then it doesn't work. And you see, the enemy is always watching to see, has the watchman kept an eye on the heart's health? Because if he knows, oh, look, they let a little disappointment in. 
They didn't deal with it. Disappointment will come. See, that's what I'm trying to say. The watchmen, when they're watching, you have to understand, it's, you read your Old Testament, it was pretty regular, like, and then the Babylonians came and fought. You know, like, they were always fighting. Like, this wasn't like a rare thing. We're used to a little bit of a different lifestyle, but if you were a watchman in town, every night you're like, okay, yeah, there's a high likelihood that a Philistine, an Amalekite, some giant, something's gonna mess with us. So watchmen were alert. They weren't just a post that you made up. They, they were watching. And that's what, when we guard our heart, God wants us to watch. And how do we watch? You know, whenever I see that person, I don't wanna be in the room. Yeah, that person might be a train wreck on wheels, but here's the thing. God's, that emotion is for you and the Holy Spirit to say, why? Why? Why can't I talk to my mom on the phone for more than five minutes? Why? Because underneath there, you'll find maybe you have disappointment. Maybe you feel like, man, I wish my mom would have been more kind and taught me how to be hypothetically thinking I'm a girl, but taught me how to be a woman. You know, I wish, I wish my, not my mom, I'm glad she didn't teach me how to be a woman, but I'm just saying, for some of you, that might be the thing. So I've talked to plenty of guys at men's prayer. The daddy issue thing can be real. Man, you know, I'm thankful my dad was this and this, but all I wanted was this. We got disappointment. And God will allow the agitators in your world and allow them. And you know what'll happen? See, we think, well, man, if I just change churches, change spouses, change my situation, the agitators won't come anymore. But here's the deal. The enemy is relentless. And that person that goes to that connect group, that same exact person is in every connect group. They're in every connect group. Why, God? Because they're triggering a dysfunction these three remain, faith, hope, and love. When all of those are filled to full capacity, the most jacked up person, you can be like, okay, yeah, that's jacked up, but it doesn't actually trigger you because you're self-sustained in your identity in Christ and you're self-sustained in your relationship. You know your love, so if someone doesn't love you, you can say instead of being like, I hate them, they're so mean, because you've triggered, I never felt love from my parents and I never felt love from my spouse. And then, you know, you've got all this background, but if you're fully filled in the gap where maybe there was a legitimate gap because you felt pain and you started to learn, like Paul said, to grow in your stature, to realize I'm meant to carry faith, hope, and love. And if people make me feel unloved, God can help me realize there's an internal part of me where there's a deficit, where I've pulled back. And instead of love, I have offense. And so their offense is so much more than their dysfunction. Does this make sense? See, God is so good. He gave us these feelings, not to be enslaved to and not to be ignored, but to point us to, hey, son, daughter, you could, healthy is to say, they're a mess on wheels, but I was once a mess on wheels. And what they did, see, I almost went to suppressor again. What they did was wrong and it caused pain, but I'm gonna, for, I'm gonna process that pain well let God heal the wound and then forgive them. And forgiveness is not pretending it didn't happen. Forgiveness is saying that was messed up, what you said. I'm onto offense now, point number three. Annoyance or resentment brought about by the perceived insult or disregard for oneself, standards or principles. I like that disregard. You know, you might have people in your world that legitimately disregarded you. And so if you're the emotion controlled person, you're the, the watch guard recognizes that feeling hurt, but you'll stop at, you know what? They hurt me and from here on out, I will never. Anytime you say the words never, forever, you're, you're, you're slipping out because that person may change one day. So a better thing to say is, you know what? they seem to not really care about me. And that's true, but that's okay because God cares about me. 
And because God cares about me, I feel full there. I, I, I feel love. And so, yeah, that sucks that they did that, but God, I forgive them. I forgive them. And you know what? You've got, you're loving me and you've given me so many great people in my world. You'll find that health attracts health. If you say, man, I don't find any healthy people in church. I'm not trying to be mean. And I had to walk through this. I felt like nobody really cares about people, really, truly cares. And God's like, knock, knock. <laughs> you act like you care. But that's actually a brokenness in you. So now you see everything through that lens. But if you let me care about you and you come to me when somebody legitimately wounds you and you can say, God, man, that hurt. And he's not gonna rebuke you like you shouldn't feel anything. No, he's gonna say, hey, yeah, I know. That's not how it's supposed to go. But why don't you forgive them and just let me keep working on you. Amen? Amen. So, Ben, you guys can come up. These three remain, faith, hope, and love. I wanna have you guys close your eyes for a minute. Why do we close our eyes sometimes in church? When you shut down your physical sight, it becomes a little more easier for your spiritual sight to be activated. And it becomes a little easier to hear what God's doing. So part of your growth as a Christian is increasing in faith, hope, and love. The enemy will work his absolute hardest to get you into fear, disappointment, and, and uh, offense or bitterness. Offense or bitterness. We have the secret weapon that is the Holy Spirit. So as I said before, if you don't know Jesus, you, that, you gotta get that part right first. And so just real quick, with everyone's head bowed and eyes closed, I can say a quick prayer, lead, lead us in a quick prayer all together. And you can invite Jesus in right away. And that's really what he wants, church. That's what he wants. He says, if you'll let me in, and you might be like, oh, all this is so new. It's so overwhelming. God's so good. He's not gonna, he's just gonna come in first and say, hey, I just want you to feel the love. The greatest of these is love. Jesus comes in, he just lets you know you're loved. And he'll work, he'll work on, the, on the stuff. But if you don't know Jesus real quick, I just wanna give you a chance. Everyone's head bowed and eyes closed. If you want me to include you in a prayer, I'm not gonna embarrass you or anything. But if you need to get that right tonight, I wanna give you that opportunity. So on the count of three, just put your hand there. Once I've seen, put it down. One, two, three. Anybody don't, you don't know Jesus in here and you need to know Jesus. Awesome. Awesome, okay. All right. So now... And if you should have raised your hand, but you didn't, you can come up to our ministry team and they'll pray with you, okay? It's really easy to let God in. It's really easy to let him in. It's not, it's not, you don't have to do any signing of anything or anything. It's just, it's that commitment in your heart and saying, all right, Jesus, I want you. But now, so I'm assuming that everyone here, uh, or most people in here, you have that relationship with Jesus. You have access to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can open up and show you where maybe... You've been operating in fear and the faith muscle's broken. It's hard for you to believe that God's gonna do what he said he can do. Or maybe you've been operating in disappointment. And truth be told, you might be disappointed at God. Like, God, I tried, I've been trying to do this, but I feel like you're not there. Maybe you're disappointed with his kids. You're disappointed with people. But the Holy Spirit can bring that to light. Or maybe... You're in the uh, offended. <laughs> the Bible promises that offense will come. It's part of growing as a Christian is God will allow offensive people to cross your paths, to teach you how to have a strong ability to process the offenses and forgive. And offenses, here's the deal. If they're real offenses, there probably is a legitimate reason for you to be upset. But how have you, have you processed it right? Have you, have you 
allowed yourself to say, man, I, I have grieved whatever that caused. I felt it. And then from that place of honest, man, that really hurt, I forgive. I forgive. Thank you, Lord. So right now, I'm just inviting the Holy Spirit right now to highlight if one of those three are operating in your life, or maybe all three are, fear, disappointment, offense. And how we're gonna, what we're gonna do tonight is I'm gonna pray over you. I'm gonna pray corporately. We're gonna forgive. We're gonna allow ourselves to feel. We're gonna forgive. And then we're gonna hand that situation back over to God because that's what he's looking for. He's looking for you to trust him. Say, God, I'm not gonna be offended anymore, but I'm gonna trust that you'll ultimately be the judge of this situation. God, I'm disappointed, but I'm gonna trust again that you're good and that you are gonna make all things for good and you are gonna work. God, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. But I wanna give that back to you and let you do your finest work with it. So how you get faith, hope, and love, the doorway is stepping in with trust again, saying, okay, God, this is yours. This is yours. The battle is mine, says the Lord. So isn't it interesting? The watchman cries out, says, hey, we got a battle coming. But then God says in his word, but the battle's mine. So it's, 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 a, it's an acknowledgement. Ooh, this is a battle. And then it's a surrender. Okay, God, I give it back to you. I give it back to you. I've grieved it. I've felt it. I've admitted it. And then I move forward. So right now, if the Holy Spirit is showing you an area where you have stepped out of faith, stepped back, and you're struggling with fear, disappointment, or offense, I'm gonna pray corporately over us. And so I'm just gonna ask you to stand up if the Holy Spirit showed you that. Don't, don't be worried about what other people think. But if that's you, you're struggling in one of those three areas, I want you to stand up. Hey, look, all of us stood up. Shocker, right? It's because the enemy is real and he works really hard to keep you out of these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But here's the cool thing. God has abundant, unending supply of those three things. So I want you right now, we're gonna pray. I want you to think of the situation that the Holy Spirit's highlighting. This might be, by the way, this is a daily practice. We're gonna clean house today, but, but, but the whole message is you are responsible to be the watchman of your heart. So tomorrow, somebody might disappoint you. Tomorrow, somebody might offend you. Tomorrow, somebody might hurt you. But now this is how we deal with it. So God, right now, we invite you, Holy Spirit. We invite you to help us actually grieve the situation properly. We acknowledge that the situation that we're thinking of right now, we acknowledge that it has caused us to step back. It has caused us to be fearful. It has caused us to be disappointed. It has caused us because it hurt, Lord, and it really did hurt. Listen, the negative thing that happened to you isn't your fault. You just have to be responsible to go back to the healer when something happens. So God, we just bring that to you right now. We acknowledge this hurt. This, this did not feel good. This really, ouch. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay, now what the Holy Spirit will do after you've actually felt that, you've, you sounded the alarm. Hey, I got, I got feelings here. I've got feelings here. Now what you do is you, you, the Holy Spirit will show you where's the lie that the enemy has said. See, because he'll come with a legitimate circumstance and then he'll put a lie. Example, somebody broke your heart. A marriage didn't work. Okay, those things happen in life. But the lie is I can never trust another person again. I can never let myself be vulnerable. Or, uh, so Holy Spirit, right now I pray that you will 
shine your light on the lie. Shine your light on the lie. What's the lie, Holy Spirit? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm just letting the Holy Spirit work. This is, I know this isn't like rah, rah, shah, but I'm telling you, this is, I wanna walk us through this together so you can learn that you can hear the Holy Spirit. So right now, the Holy Spirit's gonna be revealing the lie. He's calling someone, that's amazing. But he's revealing the lie. Here's the lie. Now, once you got the lie, the Bible says we need to repent for coming in agreement with that. What's repent? It means change the way of things. It says, it means admitting. Okay, God, I repent. I repent of believing that lie and stepping back from what you had for me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you're moving in this room right now. You don't have to say this situation, but once the Holy Spirit reveals the lie, I want you just to, you don't have to yell it. You can if you want, but just say, God, I repent. God, I repent. God, I repent. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And the last step, God, I wanna give you back that situation that got me here. I wanna, I wanna give it fully back to you. I'm not gonna try to seek vengeance. I'm not gonna try to write the story and wrong, or write the wrong. I'm just gonna release this to you and I'm gonna move forward and trust that you're with me and you are good. And that ultimately you will be the judge of all circumstances and all situations and you will make all wrongs right and that's your responsibility. God, thank you right now for the power to release. I want you just to picture that fear you've been holding, that lie. I want you to picture literally pulling it out like a, like a bird in a cage. Imagine your heart is like a cage and you've kept that situation or that person or whatever, the disappointment, you've been keeping that bird in there and you're just like looking at the bird, you little bird, I don't like you. But what you're doing is you're actually taking that out of your heart. You're just saying, I'm letting this thing go because it's been squawking and making all this noise. God says, just let it go. But God, I'm, I'm supposed to hold that. No, let it go. Let it go. Picture yourself just letting go of that thing right now and giving it to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. All right, I'm gonna pray for you and then our ministry team's gonna come up. God, we thank you that tonight you're, you are doing some work in our heart. You are doing a healing in our heart. You are doing a move of God in our heart. We thank you that you are the watchman, uh, that you have equipped us to be the watchman and the Holy Spirit. And you've equipped us to not be shrunk back into fear, disappointment, or offense. So God, right now we release it, Lord. We release those things. We release those things. God, I declare spirits of fear are breaking off of people. You have no legal right as we have dealt with it, as we have confessed it, as we have repented. You have no legal right to hold on to us anymore. So God, we break the spirit of fear off people. We break disappointment and discouragement off of people. Some people you've been discouraged for a long time and God says, tonight, I just want you to leave, let that thing go. Let that thing go. In Jesus' name, we break it. Lord, we break off offense. We forgive people that have hurt us, Lord. We're not gonna carry that unforgiveness in our heart. We're gonna give them to you and let your justice come into the situation right now in the name of Jesus. God, we, we expect you to move in our life. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen. Amen. Come on. Okay. It's really interesting, if I was honest, this message was much more gentle and soft than I thought it was gonna be. But I think I, think I know why, okay? Our ministry team's gonna be up here. If you know you're, that, you're, that this has been a spiritual attack now, after we brought this up, you're feeling the emotions, they're gonna pray and they're not gonna, like, we did the soft heart thing with the Holy Spirit. He was gentle. But if you're actually being tormented 
by fear. You're being tormented. And I'm not, it doesn't have to be, it's not possession. It's just, man, I, can't, I always feel anxiety. I always feel depression. God wants to break that off of you on the spiritual side. The heart getting right is very kind and gentle with the Holy Spirit. But when it comes to evicting the enemy, we storm the gates of hell, right? So ministry team, don't be at the, at the gentleness or here. You guys are gonna pray, play a nice little worship song. And here's what I want you guys to do. If you need prayer, if you feel like you need freedom, if you're struggling in cycles you cannot break, the heart's in the right place. Let our team pray with you. And we're gonna, we're gonna declare that you are stepping into freedom. You are stepping into true freedom. God is gonna do massive healing and the legal rights that the enemy has had from you. Listen, if you were involved in the occult, any form of witchcraft, any of that, I want you to get prayer tonight too, because I just felt God was gentle on the heart, but he wants to be harsh on the enemy. Does that make sense? Come on. All right, let me, uh, well, I already prayed for you. Um, ministry team, come up. I'm gonna pray for our ministry team and then you come up and get prayer. God, I thank you that tonight you want a clean house. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are gentle and you are kind and you are soft, Lord, that you don't wanna scare people. But God, there is an enemy and that enemy wants desperately to stay in our life. That enemy wants desperately to hold us down. And so right now, in the power and authority of Jesus, in the power of what you did on the cross, we break the ties of the enemy. And we declare that tonight, we're gonna get healing and breakthrough in our life, Lord, that cycles of addiction are gonna break, that cycles of depression are gonna break, that cycles of divorce are gonna break. We thank you that you are evicting the enemy out of our world, Lord, that faith, hope, and love are gonna increase and fear and disappointment and offense are gone in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we invite you now to do what you do and bring freedom to your people. In your name we pray, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already, and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.